0: Okay, I got a question for you. Question for you. How many halligans does it take to break a halligan? <laughs> and I'm I'm not talking about no three-piece like schmuck halligan. We're talking pro bars here. How many pro bars will it take to break a pro bar? Because I'm I'm pretty convinced, I'm pretty convinced that the pro bar halligan is the single most indestructible item on earth, you know? Uh I, now, now, see, in my head, I'm imagining a whole line of firemen because we're dumb and we do this. we got, like, five. See, we have to know. I have to know. I'm going to take this to my crew tomorrow. There's going to be five of us in a line. And we're going to have, like, three pro bars, like, trying to create a cheater bar by lining them up or, like, duct taping them together or something stupid. And we're going to have them all torqued on this one at the very end, um, trying to get this huge, this huge mechanical advantage of torque to see if we can break it and of course chief won't be looking but uh what what's going to happen is is the duct tape is going to fail and we're all going to paralyze ourselves whenever it comes flying apart and Halligan's just go flying across the room and you know they're hitting the engine they're hitting the truck um they're hitting us all in the face it's going to be awesome see now just imagine just imagine what if the spartan warriors instead of spears uh instead of shields in the phalanx Right? Imagine you're coming against the Spartan army right, and they have their phalanx set up. The phalanx with like the shields in the front and they would walk together in this line of shields. And you would fire your arrows on them and they would just bring the shields up and none of the arrows would get through. You know, you got one, you know, sneaking through here and there, but one arrow, you know, imagine that the phalanx opens back up. And instead of a bunch of spears, they all have freaking pro bars, right? And they're just running at you with these shiny chrome, like pro bars of fury. Can you imagine a more a more terrifying sight, a more terrifying feeling? No, I don't think. Like I said, I think they're the most indestructible, perfect tool that probably exists because they're 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 so good for fires too, because you can break literally anything with them. And you, if you, it's the perfect search tool too. You take it inside, you lose it while you're interior making your search or whatever you're doing. Who cares? Leave it there. Guess what? That house is going to be on the ground and you're just going to walk through the rubble and be like, oh, there it is. You just pick it up, kind of brush it off, brush off the soot. It's probably not even blemished. You know, it's still got that original, like really awesome chrome finish. You know, I think they should make an iteration of the pro bar that's solid Like Well, not solid, but it's gold-plated. You know what I'm saying? right? Just imagine you show up, you got your irons. What you do is you can get like a... You know, when guys retire, you get them the sweet chrome axe. It's got like the nice stained axe handle and the shiny chrome axe head. Well, you get one of those and you pair it with the golden pro bar of glory. And you're like unstoppable at that point. How could any door ever stop you... (laughs) This is completely absurd. I'm going to start a new company. Uh, I can't call it Pro Bar. I can call it Gold Bar. But then (laughs) if I go down the line of the Gold Bar Company, then we might be teetering on the edge of fraud. So we probably shouldn't do that. But, yeah, I'm going to start making Gold Pro Bars. It's going to be amazing. So you can buy one if you want. They're going to be, oh, this is a rough guess, $18,000 a piece. Um, The goal right now is to sell one. If I sell one, I'll probably close down the company. Uh, Maybe think about going about public before that, though. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Anyway, so this is Christian Firefighter episode number two. And enough with the randomness, I suppose. Let's talk about something a little bit more direct here. I wanted to take the opportunity in this episode to kind of line out the basis of faith. And this whole series and this whole show, I'm kind of aiming to take the culture of the fire station and take the lives that we live as firemen and relate it to how to be a Christ-like man or how to be a Christ-like woman or and how to live your life in a way that is pleasing to God while also doing what we love to do, right? And I think that, uh, as we talked about in the first episode, there's a lot of guys who who believe that there is a God and they believe in God, but they don't really know much more past what that really means. And if we, if we just continue on the series talking about all these things, then it's going to not make a lot of sense to those who don't even have the underlying basis of faith and why we need Jesus and why we need salvation. So I'm going to kind of go through that and, you know, I've got some key verses, um, a lot of you guys have heard already before, but I think it's it's important that we that we really look at them, and we try to dig deeper than when we first learned them when we were in third grade at Sunday school, um, because obviously the whole Bible is is God breathed, and and the absolute truth and the absolute word of God, but I think that certain verses here and there really give us insight as to they're sort of anchors anchors in the Bible as to you know why. Do we need Jesus? Why do we need salvation? And how do we get it? So the first one we're going to look at is going to be Romans 3.23. I'm going to have my Bible right here. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Let me find it here on the page. Romans 3.23. says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And like I have said before, I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard that before, but what, what does it really mean? So for all have sinned. That is, everyone, um, everyone who has ever walked the earth, with the exception of, uh, of Christ in human form, as Jesus, uh, for all have sinned. And, and that starts with the original sin in the Garden of Eden, right? So once the original sin is committed, everyone that's ever born onto the earth, again, with the exception of Jesus, is, is born into a world of sin, right? And so for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We fall short of God's glory Obviously that's true, right? God is perfect in every way. Um, just sinning one time causes you to be infinitely short of God's glory. So that's that's gonna be our first anchor verse. Romans 3.23 um tells us that we all have sinned and we are short of God's awesome, awesome glory. So the next verse we're gonna look at is Romans 6.23. Another anchor verse, if if you will. We're gonna pull it up here, 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this verse is incredible because it is such a short verse, but it's so densely packed, right? The wages of sin is death, right? And this is literal and also figurative, I guess, is what you could say, death. Um, Obviously, everyone dies. But when it says the wages of sin is death, this is death to the soul, right? This this death is, is hell, is what it is, right? And um, different people have different beliefs about what hell is literally like. Um, obviously, I can't tell you. <laughs> um, some people believe hell to be burning in a lake of fire for eternity, which I am more inclined to subscribe to that idea. Some people believe that hell is an eternal, uh, lonely misery of just, I don't really know how to explain it. It's, it's an eternity of, of intense, intense loneliness that can never be explained. Uh, I'm not sure of the credibility of that, but we know the way the Bible talks about death is that it's not to be, it's not to be taken lightly. Okay. For the wages of sin is death, right? We don't, we don't want to say, well, it's only death; everyone dies. This is much more. It's much bigger. It's much deeper than bodily death. This is death to the soul. Yeah. Um, so the second part of that. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now this is the important part. Well, I, can, <laughs> you know, you know, what I'm saying, right? It's it's the, this is the part of the verse that gives us hope, right? The gift of God, is eternal life. Okay, this is obviously a way for us to directly escape death. Right. But the problem is, is Romans three twenty three tells us we all have sin. Right. And so we move to Romans 6, 6, 23. It says the wages of our sin. So we all have sin. And so the payment that we pay for that sin is death. Right. And so uh, if we just stop there, we're hopeless. Every man every woman who has ever lived and who will ever live is completely hopeless and there's nothing we can do if we stop there, right? But it doesn't stop there. It goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, right? Now, what exactly, what exactly does that mean? Well, number one, it means there is a way out. There's a way out of eternal death, right? And the way out is Jesus. Now, the second part of that is this shows that our we have an absolute need for Christ it's not a choice that we can make it's not a i guess I'll do this because I want to be a good person it's not anything like that it's we have a literal need for Christ we have to have him and the third part is that's it that's fantastic news that is news to us that God cares about us and he loves us and he is not just abandoning us to to frolic around in the fields of our own sin. <laughs> okay? So, if we go over to our good friend John 3:16. Let me flip over there. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life, okay? So, probably the most popular book in the Bible, right? But if again, if we break it down, Okay, so for God so loved the world, so God loved us so much, us being the world, right? That He gave His one and only Son. Some uh, some translations, mine's an NIV. Some translations say His uh, only begotten Son, right? And begotten is just a way to say fathered Son. So He gave His only Son. So this is this is God's prized possession, right? God is going to give his one and only son, his prized possession, okay? That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So God sent his one and only son, his prized possession to the earth to live a human life in human form, to live a perfect life, to be sacrificed in order to save us from our own sin, right? And it is the blood of Jesus, on the cross that covers us, that covers our sin, when you, when you go to pay for your sin, right? For the wages of sin is death. We all have sin, and we all deserve death, with the exception of Christ when he was on earth in human form. Christ was crucified on the cross in order to pay for my sin, to pay for your sin, to pay for the sins of believers, Right, and so this this is ultimately the best news because we know that we deserve death hands down. There's there's no question about that. There's nothing we can do to get out of it. Um, everything we do outside of God's sovereign will for us, outside of of what God has deemed holy and good, is sinful. Right, and, and there's no way we can get out, and there's no way we could ever pay this back on our own. That's why we need Jesus. Right. And so John three sixteen reassures us that God sent God God loved us so much that He sent His Son Jesus to take our place on the cross so that we would not have to be literally sacrificed on the cross to pay for our sins. Right? Jesus came and redeemed us of that sin. But the thing is, is the redemption is not automatic. Okay? The redemption Jesus gives to us is not automatic redemption. Now, it is free, and it will always be granted to you, but you have to take the initiation and ask for it. It's not automatic. Whenever you're born, right, whenever you're born, you can't just do whatever you want your whole life. You can't lead a sinful life and be far from God and and be expected to be covered in the— have your sins covered by the blood of Christ on the cross, right? That's not how that works. Now, if you ask for it, right— If you ask for it, it will be granted and it is free, but it's not automatic. And that's the, you you have to take, you have to take the first step, right? And a lot of people don't really know what this is. This is a really fuzzy gray area. They don't really know what the first step is. And the thing is, is I think that we get really caught up in little nuanced things. And I'm not at all saying these nuanced things are not important. But we get caught up in these things and we argue and we fuss about it, small things with our faith, right? And we miss those who just want to know, you know, they want to know how to get to heaven, you know, whether it be how do I get to heaven or how how do I not go to hell? Or they hear about this Jesus guy and it seems kind of cool and they're having a rough spot in their life and they're looking for some kind of, some kind of, Redemption—they're looking for some kind of help, right? The very fundamental, the absolute cornerstone of faith is that Christ died for your sin, right? We need Him, and because He died for your sin, the blood of Christ Jesus on the cross covers our sin and saves us from eternal death, right? From the the three verses we just covered. You ask the Lord to come and dwell inside your being and to dwell in your heart and to save you from your sin. And you acknowledge that you are far, far, far from God and that you need Him because we are so sinful. Ask Him to dwell in you and save you from that sin. And salvation is received. All right? This is not something you have to earn, it is a free gift from god and it is always granted you just have to ask for it you have to reach out your hand and take the initiative right but when you ask for it and receive it your reward is eternal life right when you die you go to heaven you are free from sin forever forever that's incredible and uh, i won't get into some of the small bits of it or not the small bits but i, don't, I won't get into the specifics, but. If you'll go and read about what the Bible actually says about heaven, um, there will actually be a new earth, a new creation, and, and it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. Just think about it. Like, No human flaws, um, no disease, no sadness, no tragedy. It's all just good all the time, and all you do is just praise the Lord day in and day out, constantly. That's all you do, and and again... That's all we have to do is ask for forgiveness, right? Acknowledge the fact that you are lost and that you need the Lord. Ask for forgiveness and receive it, right? Ask the Lord to dwell in your heart forever and to change you, and he will. That's the incredible, incredible, incredible part about it. Now, the last part we need to talk about is I got one more verse verse for you. I know we're hitting it kind of heavy. (laughs) <laughs> Four brutal verses. All right. This is going to be John 14, 6. Okay. John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. All right. So, again, following just like you did before, this verse tells us that the only way, and underline, the only way to salvation is through Christ Jesus. You cannot. Be a good person your whole life. If you are as rich as Bill Gates and you give a hundred billion, zillion, trillion dollars to charity every year, um, you could volunteer twenty-four-seven. You could literally never sleep and just volunteer all the time, right? You're doing You're at the Salvation Army. You're volunteering at a volunteer fire department. You're doing whatever you're doing. You're volunteering your time. You're doing good things. Now, these things are good. And they're pleasing to the Lord, absolutely. Um, but they do not grant you salvation. And you need to know that Christ is the only way to salvation. The only way. That what we said before, what we were talking about before, um, acknowledging that you're lost and you need Jesus, and then asking for forgiveness, and then inviting the Lord to to dwell in you forever. Doing that is the only, only way you can get salvation. And, and this conversation right here this you know 10 minutes um just talking about the gospel this is the absolute anchor the fundamental um sort of introduction to faith right and if if you're trying to jump in in the middle or if you're trying to jump in that's that's not a bad thing that's not a bad thing at all you should absolutely learn about what the bible has to say you should you should refine your philosophy you should Figure out what you what you believe. Obviously, I think anything in the Bible you should believe because it's it's God breathed. But if you if you are not rock solid in this base of your salvation, then I think you're starting in the wrong place. Right? Get yourself right with the Lord. Get yourself right with Jesus, and then go from there. Right? And there's a there's a fancy word. Right? I'm gonna hit you with a fancy word. There's a fancy word for after you become You know, one with God, a Christian, um, the word for kind of moving on in your faith and refining yourself, that's called sanctification, right? And I know that's kind of a scary big word, especially as firemen. We don't like big words. All we know is like crayon, uh, red, and fire. Those are like the three words we use. Um, Not necessarily in that order, Um, but the crayon does have to be red. So sanctification is, is your walk with the lord and his refining of you over time to be more and more and more like christ right and that that sanctification comes from the lord through the holy spirit and if you're trying to be if you're if you're trying to sanctify yourself i guess is what i'm saying but you're not rock solid in your faith at the very basis then i think you're doing it wrong i really do all right so think to yourself do you really know the Lord? Do you know Jesus? Do you know God? Right? And if you don't, pray about it. Ask for forgiveness. Okay? Talk with the Lord about it. Talk with your pastor at church about it. Talk with some guy on your crew about it. Right. Um I'm always open to conversation too. If you want to send me an email, um I'm Christian Firefightershow at gmail.com. Feel free to send me an email, man. I'm I'm up I'm all up for conversation. Um, answering questions to the best of my ability. Like I said, I'm just a guy with the microphone, man. I saw the need, and I feel like this show could be a lot of fun, and it could do so much good for the Lord. So, yeah, um, the last episode, we got a whopping four listens, and I think probably one or two of them was for me trying to see if it worked. (laughs) Uh, Don't tell anybody. So if we can get five on this one, I mean, I'll be ecstatic. You know, I'll make myself like a steak dinner. I'll sit down, watch some cartoons maybe. You know, you sit down, you watch cartoons, and then you like look at YouTube or something, and YouTube's like, you know, there's like 30-minute videos of fire trucks responding, like screaming Q-siren. It says that in all capital letters, and you're like, oh, do I really need to watch this? And then like three hours later, you're like, you've watched four of them already, and they're all 45 minutes long. And suddenly... It's three hours later, it's three in the morning. You're like, oh no. <laughs> I gotta work in the morning. You go to work the next morning and you don't run nothing all day. You know? That's just the way it goes sometimes. You don't run nothing all day. You just got all hyped up on Q sirens and air horns the next day. You don't do nothing. Of course that's how it works, man. Oh goodness. Alright, well we'll go ahead and cut it off there. Uh like I said, man, get get solid in your faith. Get rock solid. Um in the in the future. My plan is to kind of talk about something, you know, cool fireman stuff. Uh, something funny if it's funny, or maybe I'll talk to one of my buddies who's strong in faith. Uh, we'll talk about fire trucks. We'll talk about, I don't know, RIT. We'll talk about forcible entry. Uh, we did some RIT training the other day. That was pretty cool. We did. We practiced converting the pack. It's something I needed to practice. Uh, it, it's surprising how uh, your your skills diminish if you haven't worked on it in some time. Uh, it's really interesting because you're like, I got this. I did it last time. You go to do it. You can't remember nothing. Especially when it gets all dark in there. You're like, oh, okay, I need some help. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a, the like I said, the plan is is just talk about stuff and relate it back to faith, man. Just relate it back to faith. Um, it's time that, it's so easy for firemen to say, well, in this job, you have to believe in God because of what we see. And I hear that a lot. But the thing is, is there's a, there's a large difference in believing that God exists and, you know, belonging to God, right? It's a difference in believing that he's real and knowing him. And that's what I'm trying to drive here is there, it is a massive, massive difference. And you've got to get it right. You've got to get it right before you move forward. All right. Well, we will see you on the flippity flop. Appreciate you being here. We'll see you later.